evening, everyone. We bless the Lord for another opportunity to declare the truth of his word. Today is November the 30th, 20 and 21. We're going straight back into the book of James, chapter 4, verses 11 through 17. This is a very direct teaching, yet very needful teaching and thought-provoking. Very, very much so. It gave me a lot to think about this week. So I will be reading from the New American Standard. Let's turn there. James chapter 4, verse 11 through 17, it reads like this. Do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you who judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year and engage in business and make a profit. Yet, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live also and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Verse 17. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does it and does it not, to him it is sin. I'm going to read verse 17 again. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. And as a thought, let's think twice before playing God. Think twice before playing God. Let's go first by verse. As you know, I like to teach. This has to be the second time I have taught the book of James in his series. And I must say, every every single time I, I, I read this word of God, it just brings about so much more and reveals so much more in the scripture. So we, we, we can't read the word of God too much. There's always yet a deeper place to go in Christ. So it's, it, you can never get enough of his word. Look at what this has to say. Do not speak against one another, brethren. So James is starting off right quickly. We know that he's talking. We know exactly who he's talking to. He's talking to the brethren. And as we learned from last last week's teaching of how it talked about the tongue and how there can be, be a lot of flame and danger and evil that's involved with the tongue. So he speaks directly to those of you that say 
that you are believers of Christ and that we are of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have given him our life. He's talking to you and me. Hmm? This is the audience. He's not talking to sinners. We, we've found that out already about the book of James. So just reinforcing it. He said, do not speak against one another, brethren. We know it's quite common for the world to have quarrels or to have conflict and to fight or to talk against one another. But it shouldn't be in the church or amongst the brethren. It shouldn't be amongst you and me. This is what James is saying. And he said, he said, he who speaks against the brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and, and judges of the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. So he's basically pointing out the fact that you didn't write the law, neither are you a doer of the law. So how is it that we feel so comfortable talking against one another? This is, this is something that we have to be very careful about. And, and I'm talking to the brethren, the sisters and brothers in Christ. And I, I say that because this can sneak up on us in, in such a way. It can, it, it can sneak up on us in, in such a way. And uh, this is where we have to be very, very mindful of Satan's uh, device, of how... He schemes and how he plans and sets up stuff. And I, I say that because it's, it can be tricky. Because when you and I are used to doing the Christian thing or the right thing. And a lot of times we feel like we are being abused, misused, totally mistreated. And this is what it is in a lot of cases. We have to remember that we remain in this flesh. And sometimes we're going to have a fleshly response. But he reminds us of who we are. We are brethren. So he, he's telling us to really take a second look of, of, of the area in which we step into when, when we allow our emotions to arise. huh? So he's saying, be careful. Uh, when, when, when we get in the place of, of having been done wrong for so long or mistreated. And a lot of times uh, the mistreatment is not by those of the world. We have, we have lived that. We know that, that, that there's a lot of mistreatment in our families, within our families, within the church. So we can get to the point to where... The compassion, we, it leaves us. And we don't know where it left. We don't know whether it left, where it left from. But we, we, we've noticed that the compassion is gone. Okay? So, there's, there's a difference in giving it to people straight. And giving them the truth. There's nothing wrong with that. And we got to give people the truth. But... If we speak against them, or if we become judges of them, this is where we are in error. So 
James is just reminding us of our place. So look at verse 12. He says, there is only one lawgiver and judge. So he said, there's no need of playing the role of a judge or a lawgiver. He said, there's only one. He said, there's no need of playing judge over other people's lives. This is what verse 12 stands out as one that is playing judge over other people. Hmm? And he he's saying there is only one. And the one he's he's able to save and to destroy. You have no power to do neither. I know you got a lot of trust in leadership and in pastors. You do. But I want you to know that that pastor or that minister, that evangelist, or that apostle, they cannot save you. There is only one that can save and to destroy. So James said, who are you? He said, who are you? Who are you to judge your neighbor? You see, James speaks against those brothers are sisters that want to want to bash one another or want to be slanders or to crush one another's character. We talk about the tongue. One thing I've never been able to understand. How can one feel so comfortable in the company of others that is slandering your brother and your sister in Christ? And they they are comfortable listening to you while you're badgering them or slandering another person's name. James is saying this shouldn't, shouldn't be. It shouldn't be amongst the men and women of God. This is what James is saying. There should be none of that going on. So James here in verse 11 and 12, he addresses the problem of playing God in the lives of other people. Hmm? And what we're going to look at when we see verses 13 through 16, we're going to look at what it looks like to play the role of God in our own lives. Yeah, I said it. Sometimes we have so much confidence in ourselves. We don't know that we have literally pushed God in the back. He's just sitting there comfortable on a shelf somewhere or in the back of our car or in the trunk or at somebody else's house until we need him. He, he, he's sitting at a church building and we have put him on park on display until we need him. Because we call ourselves calling our own shots. So we, we just got to admit to the fact that we have actually put God out of our own lives. And we are calling our own shots. Look at the way Swindoll says it here. He said most people wouldn't admit to banishing God to the back room of their lives. But many of us assign him sovereignty over a certain task. 
keeping the daily and mundane for ourselves, God becomes the boss of religious issues, moral matters, international conflicts, questions of faith. That's his realm. But we handle things like finances, relationships, business decisions, those things God couldn't care less about so long as he have our hearts. But you know what? Men and women of God, we we couldn't be no more wrong. We are wrong in those areas. Don't you know God wants to be a part of your entire life? Not just certain parts of your life. He wants to lead and guide you throughout your entire life over all things. So look at verse 13. Look at what it say here. It says, come now. Okay, now that we've dealt with you've been lords over someone else's life or judge. Don't do that. Don't don't start judging people. That, that's why I say it's it's very we, we got to be careful on this spot. And I'm talking to me because we, we can become judges of people because we are looking we begin to look at everybody as trying to misuse us or trying to get us. And and, and sometimes that's simply not the case. So so we let God judge that area while we let people do people things and we put them in the hands of God and we just keep our mouth off people. Let's do that. Look at verse 13. It said, now, now now you come now. You who say, talking to me and you, us. Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Right there in verse 13, he sets out five different areas of the way we become out of place we have become gods or kings and queens over our own lives and we're not even considered god in neither one of those decisions look look at the first place he says how we have set us our own schedule he said come now today or tomorrow we will go see you're setting your own schedule today or tomorrow you select your own own pathway by saying we're going to go to this city or that city. And then it says, and you want to spend a year there. Huh? You set your own limits. I'm going to only be there a year. Huh? And in the fourth place, you, you begin to arrange your own activities. You're going to engage in business. And the fifth one, you're going to even predict your own outcome. I'm going to engage in business and I'm going to make a profit. Listen to what he said. He said, these are things uh, that you and I may, may look at and we will look at it and say, but there's nothing wrong with this. And this is so true. There's nothing wrong with having a schedule. You need one. There's nothing wrong with having a plan or having goals and, and setting goals for yourself. Planning your activities or, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful and to prosper. We ought to want these things. But the problem becomes when when we do not consider God in our decision making. That's where the problem lies. 
because we said that God is the sovereign Lord over our life, he must be considered in every single aspect of our lives. Did we did we think about God when we said, I'm going to do this and that? We, we ought to say, if it's the Lord's will for me to do this or to do that, I will do it. Only if it's your will. See, when we become men and women of God, we let go of our own will. And we turn our will over to God. We'll get so caught up into business and to what we want to do in life, how successful we want it, how big of a house we want. We'll get caught up into this. And where is God in the equation? This is what we must consider. We must consider it. We have no idea what the future Hold for us, men and women of God. Look at verse 14. Look what it says. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. Look how plain James is. You sat in all these plans and you have no idea what your life going to be like. I'm quite sure that young man or that young woman thought surely they would be here tomorrow, but they never woke up. Listen, death in this season is not prejudice, it's not partial, it doesn't care about your age or your color. Death is hitting all around us and in every single one of our families. We don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow and we have the audacity to speak against our brethren and our sisters. We have the audacity to play God and rule and judges over others' lives and to play God over our own life. Men and women of God, you don't know what your tomorrow gonna be like for real. All we can say is if it's the Lord's will, I plan to do this or to do that, but Lord, if it's not your will, I want to be in your will. Huh? This is what we, we, we have to say. We shouldn't have God playing a second best or if it don't work out for me then I'm going to go to God listen playing God with our own lives is just much too risky we have no safety in that men and women of God he said he said look at life you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then you vanish away you didn't think about that oh, I know I know. It seemed like just a blink of an eye when you was that Coca-Cola bottle shape. You was in your early 20s. And now life has happened real quick. Huh? You're no longer there. Listen, I'm telling you, it's like a blink of an eye. When, when I would spend hours from sun up to sundown on the basketball court. Come on. Now I'm closer to 50 than I was yesterday. Life is truly a vapor. So why are we wasting time? Men and women of God, we should think twice about playing God over other people's lives and over the lives of our own. 
Lord help us. James said, you're simply a vapor that appears for a little while and then you vanish away. You know how people fighting for position, fighting for jobs, fighting to be manager, fighting, fighting to be the lead. You're a vapor that will soon pass away. And there will be another manager to take your spot. There will be another owner to take your spot. There will be another one that lives in the home that you work so hard to get. Life is truly a vapor. If it be the Lord's will, we simply have no right to ignore God's will in every aspect of our lives, every single aspect. We have no right to ignore him. Verse 15 says, instead you ought to say, if the Lord's wills, we will live and also do this or that, only if it's his will. I know all this time you think you was doing it on your own. You think you was doing it in your own strip. Listen, it's by the grace and mercy of our God that you and I ain't stroke out yet. Huh? It's by God's grace and his mercy. His grace and his mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and mercy. When I was in my ignorance, doing it in my own strength. Ah, glory be to God. I thank you for your grace. And for your mercy. I thank you God. Thank you Jesus. Look at how Swindow says this paragraph here. Talking about verse 15. He said James instructions to say. If the Lord's wills reflects an attitude and orientation toward life. It means submitting ourselves Humbly, many of you don't know what that word means to be humble. Humble yourself before the hands of the mighty hands of God, before before His rule. Humble yourselves before He has to humble you. You don't want God to humble you, men and women of God. Humble yourself. He said. He said it means submitting ourselves humbly before the one true God, who is entitled. To be Lord of all things in our lives. Not just a few things. It means erasing our minds. That sacred, secular, heavenly, earthly, spiritual, physical. All of that. He said he is rule over all. Mm. Glory be to God. We have to allow God's governance to govern over all things in our lives. Even the mundane daily decisions that you don't think God is interested in. He's interested in all of your decisions, even your relationships. He's interested. He's listening. So get him off of the shelf. Get him out of your trunk. Get him out of the back of your mind in last place in line 
and allow him to be rule and sovereign rule over every decision that needs to be made in your life before you fail. And before you have to be put down, allow God, uh, allow him to, to, to have rule over your life. Humbly submit. Glory be to God. He has all the right. He owns it. The alternative to submitting all things to God is an evil, boastful arrogance. Living life as if we are the masters of our own fate and the captains of our souls. You hear that a lot on TikTok. Those of you that have one, they say you are the master of your fate and the captains of your own soul. That's a lie from the pits of hell. You better think twice before you begin to start playing God, men and women of God. I'm telling you now, you ought to think twice. Listen to what he says. If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or to that, to do that. Even if, if it's his will, but as it is, you boast in your arrogance. You know, talking about Swindoll already said it. Those of you that want to take the alternative route, you want to be boastful, you want to be arrogant, you don't want to be masters of your own fate. This is verse 16. Listen, I'm not making this up. This is scripture. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. Not Listen, you boast in, that's called pride. Please, men and women of God, don't allow God to bring you down. He is the only one that can save, and he's the one that can take life. Come on now. He said, you're boasting in your arrogance. All such boasting, this is evil. Nothing but evil. Look at verse 17. Therefore, to one who knows that right thing to do, and does not do it. To him, it is sin. James is simply saying, you know what to do. You know right from wrong. And if you know, you're going to be accountable for what you know. If you know to do right, then you ought to do it. Hmm? Stop playing with God. This is what James is saying, humble yourselves, men and women of God. Know the right thing to do. That's the first step. You know what to do. The second step is to start doing it. What's good is it? It's to know and then you don't do. What good is it? You know your body is is, is, uh, failing or you know you have a sickness going on in your body. Why would you ignore that? Come on. God is constantly warning you and warning you about something. And you ignore it. If you know to do right, he said, do it. God has a standard of right living that transcends our own interests and our own pursuits. And he wants to guide us along a path. He, he sets for us that he has made for us. He knows the ways. He, 
He, he already has a destinated plan for you and me. We just got to follow his plan. We got to seek his will and not our own. We got to trust him to lead and guide us. In order for that to happen, it requires us to stay close to his word and shaping our path according to his wisdom, not our own. His wisdom, not the wisdom of this world. My goodness. When we know what God wants from us, we must do it. It's a must. If we continue to live as though God isn't interested in certain areas of our lives, men and women of God, this is sin. This is evil. If we try to call our own shots, make our own plans, and independently do our own thing. We're not doing what God wants us to do. That's the point of James' final warning. Know the right way, then humbly submit. Men and women of God, James is a man that we can trust. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Whatever the cost, you and I must evaluate. We must stop, pause for a righteous cause. And evaluate our life and the pattern that we are going. And and seek if it's God's will or not. If it's going according to God's word, not according to our own habits, not according to tradition, not according to what our families used to, how we was raised up, not how we always used to done it. We got to get out of that. What is God's will? Men and women of God, we are to think twice. about what we are doing in life, we ought to think twice before we decide playing God. Think twice before deciding to play God. May God bless you, men and women of God. Have a blessed and marvelous rest of your night.